You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Christina Cardoza, news editor of SD Times. Hello, and I'd like to welcome Peter Wang, the CEO and co-founder of Anaconda, to the podcast. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. Now, for those of you who don't know what Anaconda is, it's a data science company. And while data science isn't a new term, I believe it was coined in 2008. It is a rising trend among software development teams today. So, Peter, you know, I'd like to talk about what is happening here. What is the sudden interest in data science or the rise today? Yeah, so... So data science is, um, it actually has been around longer than that. I think John Tukey first came up with it in the 1960s. Um, but the recent incarnation in business, like just sort of taking over so much of the conversations around dev, I think that's all the result of, um, uh, I mean, it's the result of several different things, but one of them is uh, big data, certainly, uh, and people moving sort of beyond just SQL uh, as, a, uh, as the, the source of all data. Um, but then also the um, the availability of cloud computing. So many people could ask much bigger questions. Um, it then prompted the need for new kinds of languages or the adoption of older languages, I guess, that had this kind of capability. Um, so really, it, it's, I think it's a fast follow from a from a movement perspective. It's a fast follow to the possibilities opened up by the data by the big data stuff that happened at the end of the 2000s, early 2010s. And how can organizations, you know? take advantage of the possibilities or get those new opportunities that these, um, you know, the industry is looking for in data science space? Yeah, I think that data science um, is a little different than a lot of the other technical innovations that have that have come along or that, you know, continually happen all the time, right, in the technical space. Um, because data science is most powerful when it connects directly to the business problem. So when you bring the uh, the business problem or the product owner or whatever, you know, depending on the business you're in, if you bring the business side of the house much closer to technology and you put them together in almost kind of a multidisciplinary work team, that's when data science is most effective. And conversely, when it's least effective is when it's just seen as another turn of some technology business processing crank on the back end, or when it's just line of business trying to make some prettier charts. You know, in those cases, that's when data science fails to prove an ROI um, that lives up to the hype. Now, um, you know, as data science is getting more attention, there's been a lot of efforts in the space to make it more accessible for everyone, to make it easier for data scientists to work with it, um, to work in this space. So where sort of are we with the adoption of data science? You know, what do you really need to successfully take advantage of this space? And how is the deck, um, you know, the accessibility to it? Yeah, I think that the adoption is broad, but probably um, not as it's probably disappointing to most businesses currently. And and I, I say that as a fan of it and as a champion of it, because I think the expectations are so high, right? I think it maybe some of the stuff got oversold as AI, or people have these massive, you know, the the, the C level um, sort of decision of budget owners just have massive stars in their eyes about the stuff. And really, where data science it's both exciting and mundane at the same time, right? Because it can, if you have legit, credible data science happening on your data, you can get amazing kinds of insights that transform the business. But all the rest of the business has to be in tune and aligned to receiving those insights. 
where I see it struggle and where I see it, the reason I say it's sort of it's been underwhelming for many people, perhaps, especially the very large companies, is because the findings from data scientists and the results of those teams, they have a hard time penetrating through um, the other orgs or through other, you know, sort of connecting all the bits in the business that need to be in line in order for it to, to reach its full impact. So I think that there is broad adoption. That's what we see. We see it being used by small companies, big big companies, um, every major fortune, whatever company on the you know on the planet is doing some level of data science and machine learning. But the efficacy is is extremely varied, um, and it really does tie. It does, comes down to are the data scientists and the business uh, leaders are they all aligned in terms of what they're trying to do? Um, and I think sometimes people think it's just I can buy this technology off the shelf. I buy the AI module, I plug it into my business, and now I've got an AI-infused business. It doesn't really quite work that way. So, you know, as we are seeing data science rise and grow in popularity, we're also seeing the rise of Python, the programming language, you know, being applied to data science and becoming more popular also. So can you tell me the correlation there? You know, why is Python becoming so popular in the data science space? Yeah, well, this, I'm going to try to not wax too poetic here because it is something that I'm quite passionate about. But um, to put it simply, Python as a programming language is somewhat differentiated from many, most of the other leading programming languages in that it uh, it is something you can do advanced numerics in, advanced numerical computing and scientific computing. Um, and it's been able to do that for quite some time because of, you know, various details about the language and its, and its uh, runtime environment. But... Um, but also Python is a rare language in that it does have a pedigree as a teaching language uh, way back in the day. So it was designed for people to, to, to learn how to use easily. And that's unlike most other languages that are serious production languages, we might call them C, C++, Java. These are not, these languages are designed to be systems languages for building applications. Um, but, but Python has the pedigree of being easy to use, fun, you know, low, like very shallow learning curve kind of thing. And so that combined with the ability to harness advanced, powerful numerical com- uh, capabilities, they come together and make this perfect sort of thing that is uh, just the thing we needed at this point in time for data science. Because you have people who are, let's say, subject matter experts in some part of the business who are not software developers. Um, they can learn Python over a weekend or a series of weekends, and they can learn it well enough to start going to town on their data and asking questions far beyond what a traditional Excel spreadsheet or a, a, some you know, point-and-click plotting tool could give them. And that's the phenomenon that we're seeing. That's the big story to be told around the revolution that is data science, is that it is empowering people who are not software developers to, uh, to access tremendous amounts of advanced computational power to answer business questions. So what, you know, are the capabilities of Python or the features that Python offers that make it a good fit for, for data science? Um, you know, you mentioned you can learn it well enough to start doing this. So what are some of the things if you're just coming to Python that you should focus on first? Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that I've always told people about how to learn Python is um, use it to solve some problems. Uh, it, it's a language that scales down. You know, a lot of uh, software development languages, they're very big, heavyweight. There's a lot of stuff you got to do to start using them. Python, you can start just using it to hack on some little toy problems. And that's how people should start. Like find actually a problem you want to solve. Uh, use it to, you know, automate your coffee pot or use it to go download, you know, take a CSV file and 
do some plots or do your taxes or something. You know, these are the kinds of things, you know, look at your stock performance or something like that. Those are the things that are easy to do with Python. They're very accessible um, and they require a minimum of knowledge of the syntax and all these different kinds of concepts. I mean, my background is a C++ programmer uh, and before that, you know, other languages. And there's a lot to know about C++ before you can start doing it well. Um, with Python, you don't have to know a lot of it to start making useful things. And you don't even have to know it very well to be able to do a lot of useful things. So I think with Python, the big thing, if there's only one thing I could tell people, the admonition would be use it to solve a problem you have. And don't try to sit there and get all like the full comprehensive download on Python. Just use it to solve a little problem and then solve a slightly bigger problem and just build from there. Um, that would be my, my advice there. I know you've worked um, with Python for a couple of decades now. So I'm curious, with your experience working with Python all these years, was there a certain turning point or advancement that started happening to the language that really made it clear that this was going to be, you know, a breakthrough for data science? Uh, yes, there was. Um, and it was towards the end of the 2000s, the aughts, I guess we call them now. Um, and I had been doing work as a consultant using the, uh, what we call the scientific Python stack. And, and this is, this is a, this sort of an area of technology of the software space that most like traditional computer programmers don't think about, right? This is not like business computing stuff. Um, it's, it's sort of, People use languages like MATLAB and Fortran. They're doing uh, numerical analysis for like wind turbines and uh, high frequency stock trading systems. It's, it's kind of an obscure numerical area of the world. But what happened was that as we were doing consulting in the space, we got called up more and more by like financial firms and hedge funds and um, you know even some big industrial companies to start using this to do business modeling and to solve business data processing things. And I realized, wow, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for businesses to vastly improve their numerical simulation, their numerical computing uh, things. And, and Java as a language is not well suited for it. C++ does a good job, but it's way too complicated for the subject matter experts to use. And so as we started getting called into more and more of these, I realized Python actually uh, has an opportunity to move beyond just a scientific, like an open source scientific calculator thing. And it has the opportunity to, to have a broad impact on business. And that was the intuition that led us into building some things and then realizing, oh yeah, you know, especially on top of big data, you know, Python has the flexibility to slice and dice all sorts of gnarly data. So you put all that together and it was just a done deal at that point. And that's why I formed the company in 2012. That's why I started the Pi Data movement in 2012. Um, and then, then, you know, sort of it's all just been history since then. Um, so, yeah, it's been really wonderful to see. But that was the turning point when I started seeing businesses starting to adopt it because they were just not able to use other tools. Um, and the Python scientific tools were just good enough at the time. And now you mentioned um, earlier that you've seen some businesses struggle in the data science space because they just tried to apply AI to the problem or, um, you know, select tools that weren't really good enough for the space. So, you know, in addition to Python, what do you think you really need to be successful for data science or, you know, what do the data scientists really need in this space? I think for a data scientist to succeed in business, in a business context in the space, um, they need to be, they really do need to hold sort of three 
different things in tension and in balance. One of those things, the most critical, is an understanding of the business problem, uh, whether that's understanding the product, whose data they're analyzing, uh, or whether it's understanding you know, the business driver for a particular analysis they're trying to do. They can never lose sight of that. They must always understand how it connects to the, the broader kind of business. Now, the other things then are the algorithms and the kinds of you know, statistical and mathematical techniques that should be applied to answer those questions. I mean, the word science and data science is quite intentional, right? It is actually a rationalist scientific mindset you have to bring to the business problem. And then lastly, a really important thing, but maybe it's, it's lower priority, but it's, it's great if you can have it, is understanding the state of technology, both the software and the hardware, um, that can help you answer those questions um, fast and answer those questions well on the data you have. So there are data scientists, for instance, who are not as uh, skillful let's say, on some of the cutting-edge software libraries or, or some hardware um, innovations. And they can still get their jobs done, but they might cost their businesses more money, or they might not tackle certain harder problems because they don't think it's possible. That's the downside of that. So you have to hold all of these three in tension for a data scientist to be successful within the business. Now, just as a data scientist by themselves, if someone wants to say, I want to do data science, I mean, how do I do it? To be successful there, all you have to bring is curiosity. Um, a curiosity and then a sense of, you know, a bit of grit and, gump, you know, a sense of gumption to be able to roll up your arms and uh, roll up your sleeves, sorry, and uh, and get dirty in with the code and the data. Um, I think people who approach this with a very sort of like, oh, this should be something that's ready made. I get off the shelf. I think those people are not going to do so well. Uh, the, the, the technology, the industry is all still forming. There's constant innovations and change. So you got to get a little dirty with it if you're going to really learn it well. Mm-hmm. And as you know, the industry keeps changing and companies become more digital and they're looking to future proof their digital strategies. How does data science help them with that? Or how does it come into play in the digital transformation age? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's instrumental to it because every business, uh, every business activity surely produces data streams that you can then uh, use to model uh, both to understand kind of the efficacy of the business process as well as to uh, understand, you know, how you can improve it in the future, right? So um, I think every business's data trans- or digital transformation strategy has to involve some kind of data-driven, data scientific approach, if you will. Um, but I think the, the big failing that I see is that most businesses, as they went through digital transformation for the last 20 years, they took on this paradigm of creating silos. Um, they separated the software people from the business problems, and they separated those from the, the hardware kind of folks and IT. And so you have these different silos that, you know, all compete with each other in a sense for budget, for headcount, for political clout and, and whatnot. And frankly, I see most businesses failing on IT projects and on digital transformation projects precisely because of this balkanization and the siloization. Data science and digital transformation in the, the sort of AI ML era, it it cannot be successful with this approach. It simply cannot be, because the information systems that we're building for the future, the prediction systems, the inference systems, all of them require a holistic approach to to integrating software and data management and, and hardware. So um, that would be my my main thing for business leaders, anyone listening on the call, trying to think about how to structure these projects within their business is 
recognize that the the biggest the biggest hurdle you have is actually your organizational structures uh, and the silos around these things. Data science projects will simply not succeed. You'll waste a lot of money failing if you try it that way. So now that you know the tools in the space are advancing, Python is advancing. It's becoming more accessible for um, you know non-data scientists to enter into the space. Where do you think this is all going? What are going to be the next challenges we have to tackle, and what can we you know look for in the future of data science? Yeah, well, I think um, I think that more and more people who are not software developers are going to be learning Python. Certainly, you know, there's school children learning Python now, right? And there's certainly lots of college kids learning it. So I think the next generation of knowledge workers, more and more people will know Python the way that sort of like currently everybody sort of knows Excel. So we're going to have more sophisticated, sort of more data literate um, population in the knowledge workforce. And that should hopefully lead us to better decision making. Um, I think the challenge we're going to have is that when we can when we can actually ask all these questions of our business processes, we end up at the business level being faced with questions about ethics, about um, what we you know what what we want to do at scale. That maybe in an earlier era, because things moved a little bit slower, you didn't run into them as hard as you will in the kind of AI powered era. So I think that's the problem we're going to run into. At the same time. I think another dynamic that's going to occur is that because so many of these people will be building um, little ad hoc analysis uh, and, and analyses and models, um, we're going to see that software development as a field will will uh, there'll be fewer products and more services. I think fewer more things being built bespoke all over the place, and um, and uh, that will lead to a change in. How vendors approach their, uh, you know, B2B vendors approach their customers. It's, it'll be really interesting to see. But um, I do see a rise of services um, businesses in the wake of this because they'll build expertise over certain kinds of analytical modeling, certain kinds of data sets, um, certain verticals in business. And I think that will lead to a, to a rise of, um, yeah, to a rise of, of services companies over product companies. Okay, great, Peter. I think that's all the time we're going to have on the podcast today. You know, this is such a large topic. I'm sure we could have hours long conversations on it. But is there <laughs> anything else? Is there anything else about, you know, the company Anaconda or the data science space you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, yeah, the only thing is just to let everyone know that, you know, if you um, if you're interested in data science or whatnot, Anaconda is a great way to start. If you're already using Anaconda in your business, we encourage you to to support us in the open source community by buying our commercial edition, uh, which is just you know recently available. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and check us out. And I'd love to, you know, if people follow me on Twitter and, and give me feedback about my, my thoughts here on the podcast. I'm uh, at P-W-A-N-G on Twitter. Well, thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, you guys have been listening to What the Devs.